Disney's Episode 10, Tangled Ever After. Welcome back to Disney-ish, a podcast for Disney fans. I am your host, Christopher, and in this episode, I'm going to be following up what I talked about in the last episode. I talked about the movie Tangled, and in this episode, which is going to be a very short and sweet one, I am talking about the short film that acts as a sequel follow-up, Tangled Ever After. It takes place on Rapunzel's and Eugene's wedding day. Although that's not really the main focus, really. <laughs> uh, I'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, but yeah, it's it's like a five-minute short, I think. So it's not very long, and so there isn't really a whole lot to talk about. Like I said, this will be a very short and sweet episode. Uh, Tangled Ever After was originally released on January 13th, 2012, and written and directed by the same duo that did... The first Tangled movie, Nathan Greeno and Byron Howard, but there is additional writing this time around by Mark Kennedy. And then we've got Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi reprising their roles as Rapunzel and Eugene Fitzherbert, respectively. And then we've got Carrie Walgren as Queen Ariana, that's Rapunzel's mother, and Alan Dale as the priest. So there are a few other speaking roles as well, but those are just kind of the main ones, and the two main characters of this short are characters that don't even speak. <laughs> so, uh, and then we've got music by Kevin Kleesh. So, as I said already, uh, this was released in 2012, so this was two years after the release of Tangled, and apparently it takes place two years after Tangled as well, which means that at the very end of Tangled, when Eugene slash Flynn, <laughs> uh, you know, says that, uh, you know, after years and years of asking and asking and asking, that was clearly an exaggeration because two years is not, in my book at least, years and years. <laughs> years and years to me implies, I don't know. I don't even know what I would ascribe to that. At least five. Definitely not just two. But uh, yeah, so anyway, this takes place two years after the events of the movie Tangled and Pascal and Maximus, which of course are uh, Rapunzel's and Eugene's, uh, it still sounds so weird to me saying Eugene. He just doesn't look like a Eugene. <laughs> uh, Rapunzel's and Flynn's animals, their pets, I guess. Uh, Pascal is her chameleon and Maximus is uh, Flynn's horse. And uh, the two of them must face unpredictable obstacles in a race against time to recover Rapunzel's and Eugene's wedding rings. So that's really like the main plot, if it can even be called that, of this short. Uh, you've got Pascal and Max that are essentially acting as the ring bearers, like they're bringing the rings to the wedding. And the rings get lost, and they have to track them down and find them. 
and there are definitely some funny scenes. Uh, you know, I'll talk about that a little bit, but uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's the bulk of the plot. There isn't really much of a plot. So, <laughs> but before I get into talking about that, before I get into talking about the plot, I do want to touch upon a few uh, little interesting facts about this short. Uh, so, firstly. This is considered the first short of Disney's CGI animated musical universe franchise. And this would be continued with shorts such as The Superior Frozen Fever. Now, these few facts that I'm providing to you here uh, are from IMDb. As always, I will put the link in the show notes for you so that you can read all of them if you wish. There aren't really that many because this is a five-minute short, so <laughs> there aren't that many uh, trivia facts this time around. Uh, but if you want to go look at that page, I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, and I'm just saying, it says there on IMDb that Frozen Fever is superior. It says it. I'm pleading the fifth. <laughs> uh, but I have to say that I didn't know that these movies are supposed to be considered part of a single universe, but apparently they are. And here's the thing. I knew that in Frozen, there is apparently a, well, I shouldn't say apparently because I have seen it. If you have seen Frozen, but you haven't noticed this little detail or you've never heard of this little detail before, then, uh, Hop right on over to your trusty Google and <laughs> Google uh, Rapunzel and Eugene in Frozen. And they do have a cameo in the first Frozen movie. And, you know, there have been a lot of theories from fans that have been circulating for years, you know, claiming that Rapunzel is the cousin of uh, Anna and Elsa and... I don't know. I mean, there's not really anything to prove that that is what the connection is, but that's been the theory. Now, here's the thing. I had always kind of assumed that, no, that's not Disney really saying anything. That's just meant to be an Easter egg. That's just meant to be a little nod, you know. But here's the thing. I just recently finally watched Olaf Presents, which is really really great i highly recommend it you need to go check it out especially if you really like olaf like i do and what he does if you've seen frozen 2 then you likely recall that scene where he kind of like does this little mini play <laughs> that shows the events of the first frozen movie and it's really really funny well this is a short very short miniseries because each episode is like two minutes and I think there are five episodes, five or six. Uh, in each episode, it's all off doing that for a different Disney movie. And I think he does, if I remember correctly, like I said, I can't remember if there are five or six, so I might be getting these wrong. Uh, but I think he does The Little Mermaid, Tangled, The Lion King, Moana, and there's something I'm missing at least one thing that I'm missing because that's four. And like I said, there are definitely either five or six. So anyway, uh, yeah, he does this, uh, this little mini play that kind of sums up the events of the movie that he's talking about. And it's so funny, but the point I'm trying to get to is that in the tangled one, 
He starts that off by saying, this is the story of somebody who is a very close friend of mine. So to me, that was kind of Disney confirming that, yes, there is some sort of connection between Rapunzel and, you know, like Anna and Elsa. And it could be familial. It could be that they are somehow just friends that maybe they met when they were kids or something. I don't know. But yeah, I just I I didn't know that there was apparently a such thing as Disney's CGI animated musical universe. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, so we see Rapunzel's veil at the wedding, and it's the same length as her magical hair in the movie, in the full-length Tangled movie. And lastly, this short makes for the first time in the Tangled franchise that we hear one of Rapunzel's parents speak, in this case, her mother. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, the queen does have a speaking part in this. The queen does, the king still does not, but you do hear the king in the series, in the Tangled series. But in the Tangled franchise as a whole, which of course um, includes Tangled, Tangled Ever After, and the series, uh, you don't hear either of them until this point. So moving on to the short itself and some key moments from it, uh, it opens pretty much the exact same way, or at least very similar way, uh, as how the Tangled movie opens, which is we see a uh, poster of Flynn on a tree, and he says, this is the story of the day my life ended, <laughs> which is a really nice parallel to the opening of the first movie because, or of the full length movie, because uh, then he says something to the effect of, you know, this is the story of how I died or something like that. And here, of course, he's joking that, you know, the day that he got married is the day that his life ended. And Rapunzel basically immediately calls him out on it. You know, as soon as he says that, she's like, Eugene, uh, so, yeah, very funny parallel uh, to the first movie or to the full-length movie. And in the kingdom, a banner is put up of Rapunzel and uh, Flynn. And Flynn is really, really upset once again with the way that his nose is depicted. He says, oh, come on, they still can't get my nose right. And this is funny because it's even worse now. Like, at this point... It seems like somebody's doing this deliberately. Like somebody is definitely doing this deliberately to uh, get under his skin, to push his buttons, because it's even worse. Like his nose is way, way too not his nose. <laughs> that was worded very eloquently. Uh, you know, it's just it doesn't look anything like his nose. They did not get it right. He's 100 percent right on that. Uh like I mentioned, the main plot of this is Pascal and Max trying to retrieve the rings that they lose. And when they do initially lose them, I think it's Max that has a vision of, uh, you know, basically the place exploding. Like the whole castle just completely explodes because they don't have the rings. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, because that's exactly what would happen, you know, if like if if the wedding has to be delayed a little bit because they don't have rings, then yeah, the place is going to explode. So you've got to get those rings back. <laughs> that is funny. But there is one particular obstacle that they face that I found 
I mean, a lot of these are really ridiculous, but this one especially because Max runs through and crashes carts of dresses and shoes and stuff like that. And once he like gets out of that cart, like once he gets past it after having crashed through it, he's somehow wearing like, you know, a bow tie in his tail. There's makeup on his face. It's like, okay, how does that happen? I get it's, it's a silly little like slapstick cartoon, you know, like it's, it's not really meant to be taken seriously. We're not really meant to sit and think about this. I know that, but it's still kind of just silly and ridiculous. It's like, obviously that's not going to happen from just crashing through a cart. Like maybe if there are like little jars of makeup or whatever, and they get knocked over or whatever, then he's going to get some of it on his fur or something like that. But for his face to basically be like perfectly made up, uh, you know, for a bow tie to somehow magically tie itself around his tail and all that stuff. I think he's wearing like a bonnet or something like that. I mean, it's just really silly. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, <laughs> that would not happen. Uh, but I mean, like, really, like I said, there isn't really much of a plot here. Really, all it is is just this series of wild, unlikely obstacles as they try to get these rings back, you know? And it's like this game of, oh, good, one of them got one of the rings back at least. Wait, no, they didn't. They lost it again. And uh, a bird scooped it up or something like that. But it's okay because they got it back. Oh, no, but now the other one lost theirs. And it's just this repeated, you know, game of getting them back, losing them, getting them back, losing them until they finally do get them back for good, show back up at the wedding covered in mud and dirt and everything with the rings. And that's it. I mean, it's not, there's not really much of a plot here. Uh, but moving on to my rating, like I said, this was going to be a short and sweet episode. Uh, I do think that Tangled Ever After has a different target audience than the full-length movie does. This seems intended more for very, very young children because it doesn't really have a story. Like I said, there isn't really much of a plot. It seems like something that was literally written and made just to occupy toddlers for a few minutes. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but of course, that's not everybody's cup of tea. Like, if you love Tangled because you love Pascal and Maximus, you think that they're adorable characters or whatever, and that's your main, if not only reason for loving it, then you're probably going to love Tangled Ever After. However, if you love Tangled for its rich story and character development and character complexities and nuances, then this is possibly going to be a waste of your time because you're probably not going to have a good time. <laughs> uh, it is fun. You know, it really is. It is fun. It's cute. It's entertaining for what it is. Uh, but it's not necessarily something that I would go out of my way to watch again. Uh, and so I'll meet it halfway and I'll give it a five out of 10. Uh, like I said, cute for what it is. But if you're looking for some kind of substance, you know, that you came to expect from the movie, you're not going to get that here. So there was no feedback this week, so just moving into my contact info in case you want to contribute feedback in the future, uh, you can email me at disneyshpodcast at gmail.com. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash disneyshpodcast. 
You can follow the Instagram page, which is at Disneyish Podcast. And you can also follow my personal Instagram page, which is The Lost Passenger. Please be sure to subscribe to Disneyish if you're enjoying what you're hearing so far, because that way, when a new episode drops, you won't miss it. And next up is something very, very different, something that I don't think anyone listening to this podcast up to this point probably saw coming. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to be covering the 2022 movie, The Menu. And those of you listening who have seen that movie might be wondering, why are you covering that on a Disney podcast? Well, I promise I will reveal all of that in the next episode. So stay tuned. And until then, this has been Disney's reminding you not to put your pets in charge of your wedding rings. But then again, I mean, they were pretty resourceful and overcame really nearly impossible odds to get those rings back and succeeded. So maybe do. Maybe do.